Welcome to the Art of Holiness podcast, where we are creating conversations and communities that expose the kingdom of God. This is a New Room Network podcast. Here are your hosts, Carolyn Moore and Pierce Drake. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to a new season of the Art of Holiness podcast. We're excited to be back. It's been a minute. You'll hear a little bit more about why it's been a minute um, later in this episode. But Carolyn, it's good to be back with you and this space for this purpose and uh, with our people. It is good to be back. And of course, you and I have not been apart from each other so much as we've been apart from our from our people, right? Right, right. <laughs> we spend we a do. good bit of time together. We have. We also, you know, you get usually a daily Zoom call uh, or a FaceTime with, you know, a two and a half year old in the back seat. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, you were recently at Asbury, um, I guess a few months ago, preaching mm-hmm. um, at Asbury College. You did like a week there. And one of my previous students was in the audience and he called me that night and he was like, hey, your mother-in-law's here preaching. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or I knew about that or whatever. And he was like, I didn't realize it was her until your daughter, Amy Joe, was on the screen for half the message. And I knew her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find as many opportunities as I can to bring Amy Joe into the conversation because she's a cutie. She's a mess. She's a cutie. She's a mess. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have, um, you came up to our house a few months ago and spent a week with us um, just loving on us. And we'll talk about what you were doing here in a second. But while you were here, we recorded um, a bunch of podcasts for this season. And uh, so tell us a little bit about who's coming up, who are, who we can look forward to and why we should be getting excited about uh, hearing their names and their stories and their testimonies. Yeah. So it's been a while since, as you said, it's been a while since we've had a podcast uh, season um, and and that we've taken some time to really think about what the season is going to be and who we want to talk to. And um, one of the things from the very beginning, Pierce, one of the things that that was interesting to me about um, this this podcast opportunity was was bringing in voices of people that not everybody has heard of. It's sure. not as if their their work is, is significant. I mean, very significant, but they they might be folks whose names you just haven't heard of. And um, and so this, this season has a couple of names you'll know well and some names you may not know so well, but whose lives and ministry and fruit are really, really deep. Um, so we'll talk first about the folks whose names you probably know. Danielle Strickland will be one of our guests this year. Danielle is an advocate, a spiritual leader. Um, she's a writer. She's a movement leader. She's worked with the Salvation Army and with World Vision. She has lots of her, her fingers in lots of different things. And we talked to her about her work with World Vision as well as um, her, she's, she's got a, a, a book um, out recently. We'll talk about that with her. And, um, and we'll talk a lot about what the church, what the church needs to learn from the world about kingdom partnership and about what men need to learn about working with women and what women need to learn about working with men. So Danielle is going to be a great conversation. Another name you may know, especially if you've uh, if you're in the seedbed world, is Sandra Richter, whose Bible study, um, uh, Epic of Eden, which just is just an amazing Bible study. And people are doing it on 
and churches all over the world. Dr. Richter is an internationally known Old Testament scholar, the author of, as I said, Epic of Eden Bible Study. She's the professor and dean at Westmont College, and she has this um, this crazy, in, uh, tiny, like like niche thing that she discovered uh, in her study of Deuteronomy that has blown open the Old Testament um, world for for scholars, and so. We tapped Sandra so we could talk to her about supernatural ministry in the Old Testament, but she shares much more. And she, she talks to us about a thing called name theology. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. It's deep, rich, powerful. Man, I love that conversation. And then another name you might know if you're in the social justice world is Sean Gladding. Um, or you might know him from his book, The Story of God, The Story of Us. It's an attempt to tell the big story that unfolds in the pages of the Bible. And, um, and he has a second book out called Ten, which is about the Ten Commandments, but he writes it from the perspective of, of an addicted, a compulsive, cynical, divided, and worn out culture. So, and you just got to love Sean Gladding. He's an awesome guy. Um, really deep in the social justice world, as I said, but he also is deep into the recovery world. And so we talked about the 12 steps. We talked about the miracle of recovery. It's a different kind of miracle. Uh, I really love that conversation with Sean. He's, he's just rich and thoughtful. Um, and then there are three names that you should know, but you might not really even know why you should know them. Um, Mark Barrow is the CEO of Aldersgate Ministries, a renewal movement within the United Methodist Church. They've been contending for spirit-filled ministry and Methodism for decades. And so we just wanted to talk to Mark uh, to find out his own personal story of being filled with the spirit and how that experience connected him with the broader church. Um, we, we talked about where we see supernatural ministry uh, flowing out of the local church, and he talks a little bit about that. And he also talks about the doctor of ministry in supernatural ministry that is um, that that Aldersgate helped to situate inside United Seminary. This is a really great conversation, and I hope that there's I really hope Pierce that there's somebody in our audience who's wondering if a doctor of ministry is for them. And when they hear mm. that there's actually a doctor of ministry and supernatural ministry, they're right. like, okay, I'm in count me in um, because there's just so much more to explore in that whole world. And even from, uh, from an academic place, there's just so much more to explore. Supernatural ministry is not just an emotive experience. It is right. deeply theological and, and the world, especially Methodism is, is, is positively impacted when we understand it theologically first and not just emotionally. Yeah, so you can't, <clears throat> yeah, just, I, no, I was just going to say, you can't understand the whisper without the word. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really well said. You guys should write that down. Um, Scott Kelso is another uh, conversation that we'll have. Uh, I really, really um, has really come to appreciate Scott, he is um, he is uh, part of a movement in the greater Columbus, Ohio area, and um, he kind of leads an apostolic network. And he'll talk about this this an alliance of churches and ministries gathered to see the kingdom of God um, established and maintained in the in the 
greater Columbus, Ohio area. And so just for those of you who are really looking, how do I, how do I take what I feel inside, the passion I feel inside and translate it in my local community? He's going to be a great um, resource there. But we also talked to him about, um, about his book. Uh, he has a book out recently and we'll talk about his book and, 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 He's written this, a prophetic church has found the ability to stay connected to God's thoughts and hearts in the midst of significant cultural deterioration. Um, so he talks about what it means to be a prophetic church. Um, and he talks about the elements of renewal in the church. There's just so many good things in that conversation. He is he is uh, rich. He is well rich theologically. He is well read. He is prayed up. You're going to love that conversation. And then here's another great one. Bob Garrett. You probably have not heard this name. He's he's actually local to my area. He's the general coordinator with the Alleluia community, which is an economic, let me say that again, ecumenical, charismatic community in Augusta, Georgia. And the Alleluia community is the coolest, the coolest group of people. They live in a, in a, um, so they, they took back in the 60s and 70s, they took an abandoned public housing area. They bought it all up. They refurbished all the houses. So there's like 200 households and they are connected to each other in a covenant and a spiritual covenant relationship. So think, you know, like your neighborhood covenant. Well, this is a spiritual covenant and they all go to their own churches. So it's not a church and it's not a cult. It's just an association of, of households that are all in accountable relationship with each other. So he talks about the very cool thing of being in real accountability all the way down to the household level. And he talks about being ecumenically informed and how that shapes spirituality in that community. Um, he talks about what it's like raising a family in an intentional community and how that's different from raising a family in a regular neighborhood. Um, he, he talks about uh, the charismatic edge of the, the Alleluia community, uh, living the spirit-filled life out with, with uh, children, youth, adults, all in, in, mixed in together, because um, his community is wildly intergenerational. Uh, so I just, I'm just, I am smitten by the Alleluia mm. community and excited to have you guys just get your brains expanded a little bit by that, that there is an intentional community happening in Augusta, Georgia, and mm. that maybe God is moving an intentional community these days in, in fresh ways. Uh, so those are just some of yeah. the things that we have planned for the, uh, for the, for the season that's coming, that starts now, the season that starts right now. And then we have a couple of others that we'll add in. Um, what was it you said, Pierce, just a few minutes ago that we have a love we'll a podcast every week, except when we don't, right? That's right. That's right. And I stole that. I stole that from somebody else's podcast, but I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great line. We put out. That's when right. Put out a, That's when, right. When, you, when are you putting out a podcast? We put one out every week, except for the weeks that we don't. That's right. That's right. So, and that brings us really kind of into what's been happening to you because there might be a couple of weeks here and there where we don't put out a podcast. And the reason is because you, Pierce, are, are technical, uh, the director of technical operations for the art of holiness. Um, you are in the midst of incredible change right now. 
And uh, so I want to just, I want to just use a little bit of our time today to talk about um, the change that you and your family are going through. Um, Mm -hmm. It's an incredible opportunity that you guys have just, God just tapped you for out of the blue. And I've been watching it and it seems to me like this is a story worth telling. Um, So I want to start way back up and at the uh, 50,000 foot level and ask this, um, how do you Pierce Drake? How do you hear from God? Um, how is it? You know, how do you hear from God in a way that's different from how your wife, Claire Marie, my daughter, mm-hmm. hears from God, or how I hear from God? How do you personally hear from God? How do you know it's Him? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I'm just minutes away uh, from preaching uh, my last sermon at our current church, and uh-huh. this is what I'm preaching on. Um, wow. I don't have it figured out. Let me say that. Uh, I, I think um, two ways that I hear from God. Uh, one um, is when God gets tired of speaking and me not listening and he slaps me upside the head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's happened in a few ways. That's happened in dreams. Um, that's what happened mm-hmm. a year ago. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk that about ha- it. Well, how did that happen? What happened a year ago? Yeah. So my birthday is May 5th. And, uh, and so May 5th, I woke up. Um, and I had taken half the day off and Claire and I were going to go out to brunch in Nashville and kind of spend half the day together, taking me Joe into daycare. And then just, mm-hmm. we had not spent some time together, just us. And, and so I got up, had my quiet time, had my coffee, uh, Amy, Joe and Claire got up, they uh, got ready. I took Amy, Joe to daycare. I came back, I got dressed and right before we left the house, I'd been up for about two and a half hours. A friend texted me just to say happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And she's on staff with us and she's Claire's best friend and like a big mm-hmm. sister to me. And um, it was in that moment of her texting me happy birthday that I realized that what I thought was reality was not reality. And, and what I mean by that mm-hmm. was um, I had a dream the night before and the dream was so vivid and real um, and that I woke up thinking it was reality and just operating mm-hmm. out of the dream. Hmm. And so, um, so the, in in the dream, um, I quit ministry and I quit full-time ministry and, um, we were going to live in our house and live in the Nashville area. And Amazon had just opened a great (laughs) plant, like, you know, a few miles down the road. I was also going to call one of my best friends who had offered me a job years ago and, um, outside of ministry and talk to him and, um, we were still going to go to this church and be small group leaders and, you know, do life in community here. And so it wasn't a crisis of faith, but it definitely was a crisis of like calling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's when she texted me that it scared me so much that I didn't even tell Claire Marie for like the first three weeks. Mm. Um, but what I did do was within 24 hours had set up, um, uh, a, a meeting with my counselor, a meeting with my spiritual director, which in by happenstance in this season, they, well, they've always been, but this season, this is my counselor. This is my spiritual director. Uh, they're married. And so um, <laughs> I met with them separately and I separately told them, Hey, I need you. I know y'all don't usually talk to each other about your clients or the people you see. I need you to mm-hmm. talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then I called uh, another friend who's a pastor in Florida um, who I've called from time to time. And, uh, and then I called our good, fr- uh, another good friend, um, in Huntsville, Alabama, who we love dearly and, and just began to share with them the dream, the wrestling. And, uh, 
and begin to process it with them. And then within three weeks, once I knew this wasn't just a thing, this wasn't just a fleeting moment, but something that God was calling me to wrestle with, uh-huh. um, I brought I brought Claire Marie into it. And the reason I waited to bring Claire Marie into it was because I didn't want to scare her, you know? Yeah, right, right. And so I wanted to be faithful to our marriage too, not to cause, you know, waves that didn't need to be caused. And so, uh, so in that instance, uh, it was a dream that woke me up. I will say this, most uh, most of my ways of hearing from God are not dramatic, but they're just intentional. Mm-hmm. And so it's intentionally um, drowning out the noise, intentionally being in silence and intentionally being in solitude with him. And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So I'm, th- I'm thinking about um, a line, Bob Tuttle, uh, a retired professor from Asbury Seminary, but said, I know it's God when the thought I have is smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm let me press a little deeper. Um you're, you're watching the nudges or you're hearing you're seeing the dream or you're you know it's a dream that stuck with you maybe it was yeah. very vivid still how do you know it's God? Yeah, I don't. I don't if I'm honest in the beginning of it. You you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said mm-hmm. earlier like two things. One, you can't um you can't know the whisper is of God without the word of God like that. The, the whisper will always confirm the word. And mm-hmm. so, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's a grounding, but it's also communal, you know, like Christ calls right. us into a community. And so, you know, I love the line. I don't know who said it, probably a bunch of people um, be authentic with everybody that you meet, but you only need to be vulnerable with a few. And, yeah. and so, yeah. you know, I was really intentional in that moment. Um I mean, it was really hard to figure out who to be vulnerable with um, because there were so many people I would, my personality is to talk about things Mm -hmm. um, as they happen. And so usually I would bring in a lot of people into the conversation. I just felt the spirit saying like, Hey, like keep this short for now. I'll bring in more people as needed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, so using them, using people that have walked through it. So here's my, here's my whisper is the dream. Here's the word that confirmed how I went about getting people it's actually in Exodus where Moses comes out of, of the wilderness and he's about to have, you know, they're about to have this big fight and he goes on the mountaintop, right? Like this is the, this is the passage where Aaron and her come alongside of him and they hold his hands up. Right. And they win the battle because of that fact, because they, they held mm-hmm. Moses hands up. Yeah. But the next chapter is when Moses's father-in-law comes in and says like, Hey, you're not running things like a good leader. Let me speak into you. And it's this mm-hmm. moment of both the younger generation around Moses and the older generation, both speaking into what Moses was called to. And so, um, so that was my thing, you know, like, like I prayed about it, you know, God, who are you calling for me in this season right now today to bring into this conversation? Those four people came up and those four people I reached out to and, and they were kind, you know, usually they were incredible in, in their um, listening. And, and here's the great thing all four of them did, including players so of all five of them. None of them told me the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None of them told me the answer, but they process mm-hmm. it with me according to mm-hmm. the word of God in a way that when I got to the answer and when I felt like I knew what God was calling me through that, um, they all said, yeah, we've known this the whole time, but we, we didn't, you know. We weren't just mm-hmm. going to give it to you. And I just thought that was such great counsel um, mm-hmm. to bring it in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not wise and wise enough in myself to know the whisper of God, to be the whisper of God just by itself. 
Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and in this situation, it was both word first and community. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking this too, walking in faith, like when you're walking something like that out and, and I, I, you know, I don't remember exactly at what point you brought me into this conversation, but it was pretty early on. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I, I remember thinking even, boy, this is not typical Pierce. You're, you're taking your time with this. And I don't, I wasn't even sure, you know, like you said, nobody's sure where you were headed with this, where God right. was headed with this um, and could not have ever guessed where it landed. No, no. <laughs> but, not um, a chance. But here's the thing. Here's, here's my point is, is walking in faith like that. Walking in faith is a, it can be a minefield. It, it is so easy to take a step that blows it all up. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about Peter never actually blew it up, but you know, it's like seeing Jesus on the shore, the resurrected Jesus on the shore, he jumps out of the boat and swims, you know, of course the boat gets there at the same time he does. So yeah. not, you didn't yeah. have to jump out of the boat. You could have just let the boat. We're all heading toward Jesus here. You don't Could have you, to jump out of the boat. Can you imagine John? John just is like, he's rowing and he's like, Peter, get back in the boat. Just get in the boat. You're not, you're not doing this any better. And Peter's like stubborn and he's like, no, let me That's swim. Right. Let mm-hmm. me swim. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really easy to take that step that kind of blows everything up. You get in front yeah. of God. I'm, I'm wondering what are the more typical ways that you tend to blow it when you're trying to walk in faith? Hmm speak before I'm supposed to. I think that's, <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's definitely one. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, I think, I think a, w- a way I blow it a lot is um, if I look back at my time at the church that I'm at right now at Providence, the way the, the seasons or the moments I've blown it, has it been mm-hmm. necessarily the thing that I brought to the moment? It's how I brought the thing. And so I may mm-hmm. have had the wisdom, but I didn't have the discernment on how to bring the wisdom. Yeah, and, oh, that's really good. And so um, when I blow it, it's n- nine times out of 10, hopefully, maybe that maybe maybe I need to go to six out of 10. Six out of 10, it's out of good motives. It's out of a good spirit. I feel like I heard from God. But man, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't rest with God long enough to hear the full message. So I got the message, but I didn't get the how to deliver the message. And so the delivery comes out wrong, which means the message always comes out wrong. Um, yeah. And then, and then other, other than that, it's usually like, I'm just, you know, there's no margin, there's no Sabbath, you know? And so I, I botch it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So it seems like self-discipline is self-discipline is a, is almost like a prerequisite for any kind of Sabbath. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> self-discipline is probably also a prerequisite for for the practice of discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what did this season teach you about self-discipline? Think, think back, say, say June through November, okay. what did the season teach you about self-discipline and about silence? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, this is the obvious statement, but it's the true statement. Like silence doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, say more about that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I meant earlier when I said it's not dramatic, but it's intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, we complain about the noise in our life, but the reality is the noise is a, is a comfort to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Rayner, this author of a book called Redeeming Your Time, he says, you know, we have to take 
responsibility on ourselves that the fact that we don't want to embrace the silence is we're scared of what we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, but the reality of it is, is when we don't embrace the silence, we, we become deaf to the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Um, the, That's I good. mean, through scripture, the number one tendency of God speaking is in a whisper. Right. That's the right. tendency. He does speak in the big ways. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he right. speaks in loud ways, but the tendency of the father and right. of the spirit and we see in Jesus is to whisper. And mm-hmm. so, so that, that there's there. So it's, it's intentionality. I think one, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think a, a silence, silence taught me to keep things closer to my heart than, than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, and that's where that line, you know, coming back to is like, be authentic with everybody, but you don't have to be vulnerable with everybody. Right. And, and so keeping, keeping the word of God close to you and just testing it and testing it and testing it. Um, yeah. and, and knowing that, you know, for everything that's good that he starts, he will bring to completion. And so mm-hmm. that was a word from him and the whisper is confirmed in the word that it will be confirmed, confirmed in the community. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so you just, you take steps, you know, our pastor just preached a message. It was beautiful this past week on, on uh, the healing in John chapter five or four, or somewhere around there where the centurion is told like, Hey, your son's healed, but he still had to walk back home before he found out. Yeah. And so, and so you've got to take these steps of faith, not yeah. based on your circumstance, but based on who Christ is. Yeah. And so um, getting rooted in the scriptures, uh, there's this one line, there's a scripture in um, a Psalms. I want to say it's um, I'll find it in a second, but, um, but it says in all the, in, um, the wicked man does not seek God. And in all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Yeah. In all his thoughts, there's no mm-hmm. room for God. And mm-hmm. so trying to create that space, it's intentional. And so, I mean, I'll give you a really practical thing that it taught me. I have begun putting my phone in our shower for the alarm to go off at 5 a.m. So I have to get up out of bed before my wife wakes <laughs> up, before she gets mad at me, get yeah. to the bathroom, go into the walk-in shower, pick up my phone <laughs> behind the soap. And by that point, like if I can't turn on the shower water to wake up, uh-huh. then, then something's, <laughs> something's wrong. But the yeah. reason I do all of that is to wake up two hours now before our family so that the silence is there. And I have margin of silence, not I'm cramming in uh, silence. I have margin yeah. of silence to spend with the father um, and, and to listen. And it goes, I mean, yeah. I'll end with this. Mother Teresa's, Mother Teresa's famous comment, like, how do you pray? Well, I listen. Well, what does God say? Well, he listens. And if I can't, if I, if I, if you don't understand that, I can't teach you anything about prayer. Um, yeah. And so. Yes, there's two things I'm thinking about, about what you just said. One is, uh, just a few minutes ago, you said, um, be be authentic with everybody, but you don't have to be vulnerable with everybody. But in this situation, I'm not sure it was vulnerability so much as timing. You know, it is is important that, you know, some things like Mary treasuring things up in her heart, Mm. There's a timing. I I see what God is doing here, but I also understand that that I don't need to drop this on everybody else until until God has dropped it on me. Right. And that's that. I, I you could call that vulnerability, or you could call that 
divine timing. I really, that's mm. discernment. That's more discernment, sure. Sure. you know, and that's, and that's, that's, it's not a protection of the people around you, but it's more of a respect mm-hmm. that I, that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to throw around every single thing, you know, it could be God, but it could be last night's Mexican food, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, or we claim last night's Mexican food is God when it's really not, you know, right. Right. <laughs> There's a place there for journaling. Yeah. Um, and, and I've talked, talked this for years that I, I journal in two colors. I, I, I journal my own things in, in blue, but when I, th- when I get to a place where I ask a question and I'm listening for the Holy spirit, I journal that in red so that, um, so that I can go back several days later and ask myself, all right, so was that really a word from the mm-hmm. Lord? Does it, is it playing out? Does it resonate still after that mood has passed or after that, event has passed or is it still, you know, is it still, is, is it still kind of sitting as a truth? And if it is, then I've got something I can work with. So I think, first of all, there's something to be said for, for timing. It's what, it's what the writer of Ecclesiastes says, there's a time mm-hmm. for everything, sure. you know, and I think there's certainly a time for silence. Um, and then there was another point I was going to make, and now I can't think of it. So let me ask you another question. Let's, why don't we do this? Let's, why not? I want to fast forward now. Okay. To um, was it September or October of last year? Uh, October is when I got the phone call. October. So we were on a podcast or just finishing a podcast, mm-hmm. and you you said, "Oh my gosh, I just got a text from somebody," <laughs> and yeah. we both kind of went <laughs> and didn't sure. think a thing about it. And then the next day, you get a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no, I mean, Mark Swayze texted me, who's a friend of both mm-hmm. of us. We had just mm-hmm. been with him at New Room mm-hmm. um, um, and New Room holds a special place in this story as well. Mark doesn't know anything that's going on in my heart. Um, and he texted me, he said, what will it take to get you to the woodlands? And we laughed and we were like, that's funny. And here's what I thought. Mark's a friend um, mm-hmm. and uh, and a colleague in ministry and and so every year in November for the last four or five years, we spend a week together and we spend a lot of time together at New Room and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. side stages and lunches and different things. And so here's what I thought out of that was, hey, it's been a month since New Room or coming up on a month. Uh, Mark's thinking back for some reason about New Room and so uh, misses me. And so it's sending that text that you send a friend that you right. miss. Hey, what right. would it take to get you over here? Yeah. And so I didn't even respond for a day. I like responded the next day, I think, and was like, that's funny, you know? And, uh, and so, um, yeah. And then a phone call came. Oh, wow. Wow. And so then, uh, the phone call was, um, to, yeah, the, to, 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 to consider this position, to yeah. consider a position at, Woodlands United Methodist Church. And yeah. Do you remember those early conversations? Oh my I'm gosh. Like, oh, this will never happen. This is yeah, never going to yeah. happen. It's a very encouraging mother-in-law. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm like, and even talking to my daughter, I'm like, don't worry about it. This is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah, we both, we both felt that. I think I need to back up very quickly, you know, to July, at the end of July, in a time of prayer, of silence and solitude with my spiritual director and my counselor, like I said, they were married. So we, we all three had a session one day and um, about 
10 or 10 minutes into that silent prayer, I just, I just heard the Lord say very clearly, not audibly, uh, but very clearly that Pierce, you are my beloved son. And from that and that alone, I'm calling Mm -hmm. you to help lead the local church. Mm. And that's all he said. And I didn't know what that meant exactly. Um, And so, um, so we hold that, that we held that word really closely with the six of us that were yeah. a part of the conversation at that time. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the prayer going into new room was God speak, like, yeah. give me some confirmation outside of your word, your word, your word lines up with this. The whisper lines up with this. Um, mm-hmm. the six people that are in my life are speaking that this is, this is of God, but I'm like, God, I I trust you. And, and I'm heading in this direction, but man, I would love a prophetic word, you know, just to confirm yeah. this kind of thing, not knowing anything. And, uh, five people, um, out of the blue through those, you know, two and a half days spoke prophetically over my life and the situations, four of them didn't even know me. Uh-huh. Um, and right. Spoke- you know, I remember one of them was Pete Gregg. Uh, also, also uh, this podcast is kind of weaving through this story a little bit and, and that, um, we, there we were at new room and you were, this was, this was definitely a very thick, uh, a very thick prophetic feeling in your life by then, you know, and something you were talking about a good bit and, um, and, and, uh, you got caught up in a conversation with Pete Gregg that um, it wasn't Pete Gregg. Oh, it wasn't. Pete, who Pete, was it? Pete, Pete wasn't at New Room this year. Oh, oh, who was it? It was Alan Hood. Alan Hood. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah. Alan Hood. Yeah. It was. I'll just be Pete. <laughs> of course, as you and I know, I don't know anybody we interviewed. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was not. No. Those weren't my best days. Those, those weren't were my not. best days. Um, no. But but man, I, you know the 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 thought that comes to me as you get to this part of your story. Is that um, is that prayer of Thomas Merton? Hmm. I, I really sensed your surrender, and I the, do you remember yeah. the prayer of Thomas Merton? Is my Lord God? I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. Yeah. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all I am doing. I hope I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Yeah. That, that, that is the prayer of a person who is on a discernment journey. Yeah. And, and when I'm reading that prayer, I, I don't just hear where you were. I think maybe the first half of that feels more like to me where you were when we were at New Room last year, September last year. The second half of that prayer feels a lot like how Claire Marie mm. has processed this since it has become more and more uh, potential and then, and then reality. Yeah. You know, like growing up, both of us pastors, kids, um, we just had this firm belief that you and Steve and my parents, John and Cindy rooted in us Mm -hmm. um, that, that no matter what the job is or what our spouse's job is, um, we're called into this work together. 
and you spoke a beautiful, you and Steve spoke mm-hmm. a beautiful word into our life. Like you can have Pierce and Claire, you can have um, individual ministry jobs or jobs or occupations, but you have one calling as a couple. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we really held on to that and prayed about mm-hmm. that, talked mm-hmm. about that a lot. And, uh, and, you know, as for me as a pastor's kid, you know, like I grew up as a pastor's kid that moved around all the time and, and mm-hmm. Claire didn't, y'all didn't move as much mm-hmm. as we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got here six years ago and thought we were never leaving this community. Right. And right. so we, we didn't just put our feet in the water. I mean, we dove head over heels into this community mm-hmm. and, and so for God to say, all this work with me is at the beginning of that Thomas Merton prayer, all this work with me from like the dream to the summer, through the new room going like, whatever you want, God. Right. And, and Claire had walked alongside of me, but had never felt like uh, the next thing was anywhere, but here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and, and I get that. I get that. Yeah. And so, um, so then, you know, we go through this interview process with the woodlands and I go out there and we go out there together and we preach and, or I preach and, and, and she's in the room and, and I felt God speak to me in the middle of that first sermon going, these are the people I've called you to love, serve and point to me. And mm-hmm. I came down after, after preaching and hit the altar. And I said, okay, God, I think I heard you. If that's you, you have to confirm it. And Claire, you have to tell her, I'm not telling yeah. her about this. <laughs> and uh, because I wasn't, because this wasn't a thing where it's like, I'm the pastor and regardless of, uh, the fact that I'm the male and she's the female, if this wasn't like a male's leading and you could look at it one way, you'd be like, well, you know, some th- theology says, well, he's the head of the household. So like you yeah. follow him and yeah. some people go, well, he has the, he has the calling to pastoral ministry. So you follow the spouse yeah. that has pastoral ministry. We were like, regardless of either one, but I was like, that's not our case. Like our case is God calls us together in unity. And so God, if you're calling me, if I've heard your whisper, then you need to confirm the whisper in her too. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to drag my wife anywhere. And, right. and so, um, he, uh, I'm not saying he gave her COVID. I'm saying we returned, <laughs> I'm saying we returned and she got COVID, which gave her three days in isolation and silence yeah. and solitude with Jesus. Which is incredible. Which she would not have had otherwise. Right. And, uh, and she came out of that silence and solitude and said four things. Um, she said, uh, this is, I can't believe this is happening. Um, we're going to follow Jesus. Uh, I believe this is where he's calling us. This is not my plan. <laughs> that yeah, was like her. Right. She said that the strongest <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's true for both of us. And yeah. she said, but we serve, we serve the King, you know? And so yeah. let's go. And that's, that's a, what such a, um, it's a profound word, really. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, I've listened to Clamory talk. She, she said several times, um, "This this isn't my dream, but this is God's call." Mm-hmm. And, um, and and there, so there's there are pieces of that. And what's so profound about that to me is is understanding that um, it's, it's not as if my dream isn't a good dream. It's not right. as if my dream isn't legit. Yeah. It, it is it is really not about my dream at all. It really is a decision to trust that God's not going to take me to something mm. that is that is harmful, that is that that leads me away from what is most important to me. 
Yeah. It may be that I just, I'm having to redefine what is most important. And that is a mm. painful, yeah. that's, that's sanctification right there. God, God is yeah. shaping you into what is most important to you. And you don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sanctification. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, what is the the line? I will trust you always, even though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. You're not taking me into something to, to abandon me. You're taking right. me into something so that you can show me that, that, that your, your dreams, God are, will fulfill me. Your dreams mm-hmm. will fulfill me. That's mm-hmm. a really powerful thing, but I think there's something else in, in embedded in that thought, which is, um, I, I have a right to grieve the dreams that yeah. I that I'd set up. I have a right yeah. to grieve that. It's it's, yeah. I, it's I do not need to paste a smile on my face and go, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know, God equips the call, and you know, whatever the the other bumper stickers are. Yeah, <laughs> that, that gets slapped on the. I'll tell you where community played a huge role for me in this is mm-hmm. once we both felt that, yes, God was calling us to the woodlands. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I got around some pastors that had done this longer than me mm-hmm. um, and to, to process, how do I lead my spouse in this? Well, yeah, because, because I could, I, I wanted to go to this out of like have faith and like trust Jesus and let you know. And it's yeah. like, you know, you got to let that grieving happen and you have to, right. you know, you don't need to preach to your spouse. You need to walk with your spouse. That's really good. And, That's really uh, good. And so um, yeah. they would not, they would not be, I mean, you know, here's, I mean, our listeners don't know Claire, maybe like five of you do. Let me tell you this really quick. She's not doing anything that she doesn't want to do unless God called her to it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not going to, she's not going to blindly go somewhere because Pierce no. thought this was an idea that sounded yeah. good. Right. You know, I think, I think, you know, for a month it took me and you telling her, like, we didn't manipulate this. Like that we, we couldn't manipulate <laughs> no, this. Like <laughs> there's no reason. I mean, we got a lot of Methodists yeah. that listen to this. There's no reason in the Methodist world I should be um, even talked about for this position. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, uh, at where I am in the process. And so yeah. all of that to say, you know, um, she's not, she's not going to do that. And so, so you, I, le- I think that's one of the greatest things I learned in this season. Um, I learned to listen differently. Um, but I also learned how to be a spouse better. Oh, wow. And, that's really um, good. That's and, really good. And still learning, still learning. She would say, but. Um, well, that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't ever stop. That doesn't because stop. Of you course, know, life, of course. life yeah, stages. Sure change sure. and circumstances change and the sure. relational dynamics are always in flux. And so you're always, you're always trying to be a, a better spouse in the same way that you're always trying to be a better follower of Jesus, you know, and right. a better friend and a better, whatever, a better pastor. Um, so we need to cut to the chase. And so you can tell people what you're, what you're about to head off to next week, your next, uh, next week, what are you heading to? Yeah. Yeah. We, we move next week um, and head to the woodlands. So head to Houston, Texas to just join an incredible team out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and here's what's interesting. I'll, I'll say this really quick before I tell the full job description. I was with JD Walt in April before the dream. And mm-hmm. J.D. Walt said to me prophetically, he said, Pierce, I feel like God's calling you into a season of digging a deep well within you. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I remember calling you and telling you about that in April. And so I got to 
the woodlands in January for interviewing and preaching and stuff like that. And, and uh, I asked one of their worship leaders, like, hey, what do you feel like God's up to at the woodlands? And she said, without skipping a beat, she said, I just feel like God's calling people here with deep wells. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, the team out there is wow. just the team here that I'm leaving is beautiful. The team I'm going to is beautiful. And uh, so I will be in the harvest community of the Woodlands church, uh, kind of their contemporary space, um, be a pastor who loves them and leads them um, a part of two other incredible pastors. I'll be teaching some and then, um, but for the whole church of the Woodlands, um, my official title is uh, a pastor of spiritual or community formation. So pastor of community formation, which really means a lot of discipleship reports to me. Um, and getting to oversee that. So in those conversations that you'll hear this season of intentional communities and walking alongside each other and band groups and class meetings and those types of things, um, a lot of that report to me, I'm excited. I'll I'll be taking over their young adult ministry, really excited and honored um, about what God has next. And we don't have the time to go into it. Um, this always isn't the story. Sometimes God calls you to something and he begins to shut all the other doors. And it actually is hard to walk through what God calls you to. Um, but there's also the word that I got from Alan Hood was um, if you if you remain op- open, keep a servant's heart, and keep your hands open. God will gently and tenderly guide you to what he's called you to. Yeah. And, uh, and that has been this season for us and for Claire. And so, you know, things as, things as simple as, Claire loves her job and right. no one had ever worked remote from her job. And they gave her um, the opportunity to work remote. And then last week gave her another promotion. So <laughs> it's just like, God is just God's, to make sure you didn't miss the point that he's in it somehow. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. It's the, it's, you know, yeah. it is not a prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm saying. So please don't hear me there, but, but it is just the tenderness of the father leading. Right. Um, and taking care of um, every doubt that you have um, and yeah. every and everything that you question um, right. and and him going, I've got you. And, and and there are trials up ahead. So don't get me wrong. We're not walking on clouds here. Like there are trials up ahead um, right. and there's still things to grieve and there are still things to walk through. But um, yeah. man, I, you know, the voice of God is the voice of God in our life is the voice that we need more than anything always. But I'd say that I feel like right now as we, we sit here and we're coming out of COVID still, and there's still weirdness and there's a, there's a war in Ukraine and there are things happening around the world. Um, and I, I admittedly on the, right before I came up here to the church, watched a documentary of a church um, that is falling apart from scandal after scandal um, mm. and we just need to hear the voice of God and, and, and yeah. be led by him and then take the wisdom and the voices and the words that he speaks, yeah. confirm it in his word, confirm it in the community. And then with wisdom and discernment, give it to the people. Yes. Um, oh, that's, that's beautiful. And, and you know, the, the, the hymn that the old, that old line from that old hymn, softly, softly and tenderly, Jesus mm. is calling softly yeah. and tenderly Jesus is calling us. So maybe our, maybe our closing thought for you today, if you're listening is uh, he might not, he might not be hitting you over the head right now mm. with a brick, but maybe softly and tenderly Jesus is calling you uh, to something deeper or to some other opportunity or to, to some healing moment. Yeah. Um, where are you giving yourself space to listen and, and, are you giving yourself um, 
permission to believe what you hear. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Fierce. I'm, I'm very excited. Next time we have the next time we talk, you will be, uh, at least on this podcast, you will be a resident of Houston, Texas, Woodlands, yeah. Texas. Yeah. And um, we pray God's best over you. And um, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you, Carolyn, for bringing people on this podcast that have, that have, that have either indirectly or directly um, been people who have poured into our life and uh, given us wisdom of the community of the believers that we're surrounded by in the spirit and in person. Um, that has God has used to, to make this possible. So we love you. We all will see all of you back um, when we drop the next podcast, hopefully in a week. And uh, we love y'all. We'll talk to you soon.